the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And you know what? We actually have some good news this week. We've got some weird news. And I've got some news that, quite frankly, makes absolutely no sense to me at all whatsoever. But let's start with some good stuff. Uh, let's see. November 20th, after the election, get out and vote if you have to. You know, try to stay home, but you know, get out and vote because we need to do that. Yes. But on November 20th, Hulu is getting, it's not a new show. It's an old show, but it's a new version of an old show. It's called The Animaniacs. And it's the, it's got the same cast. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a, you know, yeah, it's an animated show, Rob. Of course it has the same cast. I mean, the actors. That's excellent. Yeah, the voice Wacky, God, Pinky and the Brain will all be there. The voice actors. Excellent. I think that's a good idea. There, there have been a couple, couple little clips loaded online, and you can watch those and go, oh, my God, I think it's the same. And if you remember it from the first time around, that show was nuts. Totally nuts. I mean, they were animaniacs, after all. Yeah, but it, it's nuts in a good way. Yes. <clears throat> so that, that's fine. Uh, let's see. Other thing that's coming to that's uh, coming out about the same time, Mandalorian season two. Very yep. happy. Yes. They released a. Uh, it's not really a trailer. It's more of a teaser. And I think it looks good. I know you've seen it. What did you think? Also very exciting. Looks awesome. Looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, I was very happily surprised with the first season because uh, I was just kind of expecting. Nah. And to me, it's by far, it's the best Star Wars thing that's been done in a few decades. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I really, really like it. Yeah, seriously. Ooh, there's a pun in there somewhere. But even though nah. there are no action figures for The Mandalorian. Hmm. Very strange. But uh, not quite as strange as this next bit of news, which it's good news. In my head, it's good news. There is officially going to be a fourth season of Young Justice. It has a subtitle. It's called Phantoms. And quite frankly, that is all we know about it. <clears throat> no production has started. We're not sure if it's going to be on HBO or not, like all the other DC shows are going to be. Right. We don't know a storyline. But damn it, it's going to exist, so I'm happy about it. Well, at least they've announced it. And obviously, it shouldn't be that difficult for them to start production because... It's kind of thing where you don't actually have to all be together to work on it. It would help. It will, yeah. But, but I've um, got a story about that in a minute, and you'll go. Ah, cool. That's weird. <laughs> but uh, before that, I guess we ought to get to the uh, the big green monster in the room. Yes. <clears throat> Marvel announced that the she for the She Hulk series that is forthcoming. I'm sure that's a. If you're wondering what that noise was, that is either the doorbell from Babylon five or my phone with a text from Lee saying, maybe I'm not going out of town and we'll do a show tomorrow. You know what? Don't care. <laughs> We're talking about she Hulk on Disney plus and we she's are. finally been cast or has she, I have a brilliant idea for this. So Tatiana Mislani has been of, of, of orphan black fame. Yes. Has been cast as Jennifer Walters, who is Bruce Banner's cousin if you don't know the story, she gets hurt in an accident. Bruce is the only blood donor around that's compatible with her. But hey, look, gamma rays and she gets a blood transfusion and turns into She-Hulk. 
that's the story as far as the books are concerned. How they do it in here, we don't know yet. Correct. But I'm thinking, and are I you? think this would work. Let's save a little bit of money. Okay. Okay. Rather than doing a full don't CG workup of Tatiana Mislani, we can get a body double for a lot of it. And I was thinking, Lindsay K. Hayward. And I know I've just lost everybody on that, but have Lindsay K. Hayward as the actual She-Hulk body double when you don't need to see her face, but just need her to fight. She was known as Isis the Amazon. No, not the terrorist. Isis the Amazon or Alo- I think it was Alosia in the WWF for the week she was there. I don't know why she was only there for a week. She is six foot nine and just built. She looks like She-Hulk, except she's not green. Hey, look, I've got makeup that'll fix that. That's I think that would work as a as a money-saving alternative to having Tatiana Mislani CG'd. That's kind of terrifying that she's that huge. Um, she, is, she is large. But you know what? Marvel doesn't need to save money. That, that's true. And And this way she can jump up to the top of a building and they don't have to put her on the wires. They can just do it that way. But that is an interesting thought. I, you know, I had never watched, I'm assuming you had seen Orphan Black. Yes. And I had never watched it. It was just one of these oh, shows God. that had just gone through this. So I, when I, this news came out, I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm going to watch some Orphan Black and see how she is. Very happy with this. Also yes. very surprised because how many actresses had they, <laughs> talked about and then it's like oh let's pull this one out of left field but she's excellent in orphan black so i like it well i, like I mean it she only played what 15 or 20 characters in orphan <laughs> black all at the same time yes exactly uh i think so she can handle one she she can handle the the dramatics she can handle the action she can handle the comedy which is important or tend has been in the past for she hulk so right yeah I think it's a great move. I really like it. I want to throw this one at you because uh, you said you hadn't seen Orphan Black. I still have not seen Lovecraft Country. Aha. But uh, other Marvel news is Jonathan Majors, yep. star of Lovecraft Country, has been uh, cast as Kang the Conqueror, who is a really big Marvel bad guy. But in Ant-Man 3? Yeah. And is it confirmed that he's Kang? Because the last I saw, he's the big bad which I guess that was kind of confirmed and they're assuming it's Kang, but I'm not sure. I have seen a number of places that okay. say it is, that is still in rumor form officially, ah. but unofficially. Every, right. There's too many people saying it. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Uh, Independently, he, by the way. Right. He is very good in Lovecraft. He's the protagonist of Lovecraft Country. And I really like that Kang will be the next one. I mean, because that means hopefully they're holding off for Doom to be the, the big, bad next one. Because Doom is, Doom is, Doom is the, is the dude. Uh, but Kang is a really interesting character. And not unlike Thanos, Kang doesn't particularly think he's being the bad guy. Like all good bad guys. So I like that a lot. <clears throat> and he's, he's excellent in Lovecraft Country. So I, I really like that. He'll bring a lot of depth. As long as it's in the script... He'll bring a lot of depth to the character. So two really good casting bits of news here. See, and then I'm going to follow it with something that I know it could be good, (laughs) but I'm very, I'm very hesitant about this. Yes. I am playing MODOK. 
No. <laughs> Even more so than that. Uh, <laughs> you remember, I know you remember the TV show, and I, I don't know how many of our listeners are going to remember Good Times. Yeah. I do, um, I do. It's being revived by Sony Television. It's going, it's going to be a continuation of the original series. It's going to take place today instead of back in the 70s. No word on whether J.J. Walker himself is going to be in it. Whatever. Here's my catch. It's going to be an animated series. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I, I mean, it could work. I have nothing against it working. I'm just hearing the concept and going, really? Are you sure? <clears throat> yeah, that's um, and obviously there are plenty of animated series for adults, and I don't mean like Fritz the Cat type. Uh, just there are plenty of. I'll even get to one in a minute. Yeah, God, of course. <clears throat> um, that's very interesting because the, the, I didn't think of I didn't think of Mister Dynamite himself. I thought of Esther Roll right right away. Um, I'm going to ask a horrific question. Bear with me. Is she okay. still around? Uh, she is not, sadly. She passed okay. a long time ago. And she was actually not particularly young even when she was in, in doing the show. Yeah, so, I didn't think so. Yeah. Yeah, she passed away, <clears throat> wow, more than 20 years ago. Um, but, I mean, she, people watched it, well, for whatever reason, mainly, you know, and it was popular because of Jimmy Walker, of course. But, I mean, she was really the heart of that show. So that's, uh, that had had a lot of depth to it more so than you would think for, oh, it's just a sitcom, because it wasn't really just a sitcom. So it'd be right. interesting to see who they cast in that. I'm assuming they're kind of continuing. Well, I don't know if, are, if they're continuing this story. So obviously she, that character won't be around uh, or I how, they're, how, how they're going to handle that, that situation or if they're just going to update it and it's the same character. So hard to believe that they would pass on not having JJ because you know, kind of not the point of why, why even bother doing it if you're not having that outlandish character. So interesting news. We'll see, especially <clears throat> since it's animated. That's, wow, a and weird twist. <clears throat> being done by Sony Television, which I think is odd, because originally it was on CBS. Mm -hmm. This is my segue. Um, it goes, and that goes along with the CBS All Access streaming service, which in early 21 is getting renamed is going to become Paramount Plus because okay. Disney okay. Plus worked good, so maybe it's the name that's not working for them. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no. Why are they... Why is it even... I don't know. That's just odd. I don't... Well, we're living in a fantasy world now, and I yeah. can prove that. Why isn't it just HBO? Well, the, it, this goes to the, the Dune trailer we watched last week. Yes. And if you haven't watched it yet, go see it. In the background is Pink Floyd's wonderful song, Eclipse, except it's not done by Pink Floyd. Uh, Hans Zimmer got together 32 people to do a choir version of it, which I thought was really cool. It sounded great. It what they announced this week... Right, I'm not sure if they announced it. They just kind of said, by the way, here's how he did that. <laughs> it was um, a socially distant 32-person choir because they all did it over FaceTime. Which <clears throat> I was not expecting. I just kind of went, oh, that's 
kind of impressive, really. Yeah. I'll so, say. Once upon a time, that would be considered pure fantasy. Obviously. Segways are coming. Everybody had a really <clears throat> good connection. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, once upon a time, it's also a good start to a story or a review. Once upon a time in the West is considered one of the greatest Westerns of all time. And we'll get to that later. But first, once upon three times is my <laughs> first review. Or is it reviews? I'm not sure. Um, no, was- they start they, they were started once upon three times. Because there's a 2005 movie based on a 1995 TV show based on a 1991 series of animated shorts. By which I mean pieces of animation, not SpongeBob's actual square pants. Yes. <clears throat> I am referring to Aeon Flux. Aha. Which I have absolutely no idea what possessed me to watch it again this week. It's all quite strange. Yes. If you're not familiar with it, I'm not going to be able to catch you up sufficiently. The first thing we ever got from Aeon Flux was one of the first shows on MTV that was not music videos. It was called Liquid Television. And there was a series on it called Aeon Flux about a woman who was kind of a secret agent, but not really because she kills everybody. She wasn't too secret. Not, not, not <laughs> secret agent, you think subtle. This is the almost complete opposite of subtlety in this. Yes. Um, weirdly, and this is kind of, I don't know if it's trivia or not. It was created by Peter Chung, who went on to create Rugrats. This is about as far away from Rugrats as you can possibly get. It's violent. It's bloody. There's sex references. And the whole thing about the first season is there is literally no dialogue. Let's add to that. MTV screwed it up by airing the episodes out of order. So it didn't help that these five minute chunks of really bloody graphic, but fun to watch storyline made no sense at all whatsoever. (laughs) They did not. They didn't until the end of the first season when they they said, okay, instead of airing five and ten minutes here and there, they squished them all together and just aired it all at once. And then you got the actual storyline. And it still didn't make a whole lot of sense. No. There's a guy who works for a pharmaceutical company who created a disease and the cure, and she's trying to prove that he did it. There's season one. She doesn't succeed, by the way. Season two starts with another series of shorts. Are they aired out of order? Who cares? The character of Aeon dies at the end of every single one of them. Is she a clone? Is how is she doing? Is she immortal? What's the deal with this? We never find out. But they're still fun to watch. They are fun. That inspired an actual TV show with dialogue. Oh, good. The characters have names now. Apparently the guy who created the disease is Trevor Goodchild. Irony in the name, maybe a bit. Her name is apparently Aeon Flux because we didn't know where the name came from. We just went, ooh, that's kind of weird. And how did she catch a fly with her eyelashes? 
<laughs> it got weird. Now, I'll admit, I have not seen the whole season in its entirety because I got about two episodes in and said they really needed to not have dialogue because it no longer works. It was good as a mute thing. I realized, yes, there was one word in season two. The word was plop. And it made sense at the time. And you didn't have to worry about anything else. That was it. So <laughs> the TV series went on to inspire a movie. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Loosely based on all of the above. <clears throat> In 2005, we finally get a live-action version of Aeon Flux starring Charlize Theron. And quite frankly, I have seen her. I, I know a lot of people really like Charlize Theron. I'm I like not, Charlize Theron a lot. I'm not one of them. I, mm. I'm. This is a really a bad example <laughs> of a movie to it, it is. I guess it's just too. the Charlize Theron movies that I've seen are just kind of, yeah, okay, she's there. She does a good job of the acting stuff. She plays the character of Aeon well, but the character of Aeon has nothing to it. Right. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Trevor Goodchild in this, because uh, it's kind of roughly the same storyline. We get a few more details now in that they're the last humans on earth, but they're all clones. Hmm. They all, what, 5 million of them live in one city and it's surrounded by jungle that no one goes in because no one knows what trees are anymore or something. That's sad. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller is in this. I like his character. I don't care if he's the bad guy. I like him. I like, um, but frankly, if there, there's three versions of Aeon Flux is what I'm getting at. If you want to watch it and be entertained and have fun with it, even if it's a bloody mess, watch the original liquid television version. It's much more fun. The, t the series that MTV came out with is, is all right, but not all that great. The movie is less than all of the above. It's not hideous. It is watchable. But at the same time, it's not you're not going to come away from it going, boy, I'm glad I watched that. You're going to walk away from it going. Yeah, I I I watched, I watched that. that. We are we are we are often in agreement. We are in complete agreement on this. If they reboot this again, I'm, it will be unwatchable Don't. based on the trend Don't. they're following. Because, yeah. Don't. Because the, the first version was fun, was weird. The the Very longer weird. version was still weird and fun, but not as fun and not quite as weird. And the, and the movie is just not good. It's okay. Did, like did they introduce aliens in season two or were they just genetically distorted people? I'm not sure because it's been quite a while since okay, I've, I've seen yeah, that. Sorry, lack of dialogue. I forgot. <laughs> no one said, hey, look, aliens. Or just people with really long limbs that yeah it's weird yeah. but fun. very very long and some of it was a bit horrific but not as horrific as the stuff you watched this week true i watched a lot of horrific stuff this week which was fun for me because i like horrific stuff uh i watched two horror films and the republican national convention and the second oh, one <laughs> both of them came out 
either late last year, as in December of last year, or maybe this year because it's not really clear because every once in a while IMDb, IMDb plays tricks and says, hmm, should we put the release dates like when it showed up at some festival or when it was actually released? Anyway, these are both fairly new films. They both have very similar plots. At least they start at basically at exactly the same point. So I'm talking about Daniel isn't real and Z. And yes, it's just the letter Z. And no, it's not the movie from the 70s about a political assassination. That's a different film. Uh, both of them start out with a young eight-year-old boy who has an imaginary friend. There are issues with this imaginary friend. Bad things happen with the imaginary friend. After that, the movies diverge wildly. So I'll start with Daniel Isn't Real. It diverges wildly as in we move forward by about 10 years. So now he's in college. He still has his imaginary friend, which mom told him not to talk to. And they had the whole thing about, yeah, you don't need your imaginary friend. And there were some kind of traumatic things that happened. Uh, turns out that mom has some issues that our hero has some issues. Turns out that maybe Daniel is more real than we think. And Daniel seems to type to kind of take his personality over and do bad things on occasion. So rather than an imaginary friend story about a young boy, it's an imaginary friend about a college student who kind of gets into murdery kind of things. Um, so basically, you kind of know what's what's going to happen from there, there on, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. I will just say it's definitely worth watching if you like not-too-horrifically-slashy-gory uh, slasher movies, although there are some pretty interesting <coughs> blood moments here and there. But the acting is very good. It's actually stars Patrick Schwarzenegger as Daniel, as in the bad guy. Uh, and he, he does a very good job. And there's no trace of an accent. Of course, there wouldn't be. But, you know, kind of would be funny if he actually just broke out on an I'll be back thing once. But definitely an entertaining film if you like horror films, if you like slasher type stuff, if you like things with a little bit of spookiness to it. But if you like movies with a lot of spookiness to it, <laughs> Z, Z is the one you want. So, so again, same premise. Eight-year-old boy has an imaginary friend. But it stays there. He still stays eight years old. And it's really interesting because it ha it's, has some functions of like a serious family drama. There's, uh, there's an incident where the son is, ex is suspended from school because he's been bullying every other kids. He's been cursing. He's been doing all these things you're not supposed to do when you're an eight-year-old kid in school or an 18-year-old kid for that matter. And Mom goes to school and she's finding all this out for the first time. And the teacher says, well, we send these red cards out and she goes home and sure enough, dad had gotten them all. And dad was, is just kind of like, well, kids will be kids. And she is livid. So you've got this family drama going on. Uh, later on, it turns out that mom is got a prescription for their son to try to stop these hallucinations he's having because it's gotten to the point where he's basically he thinks the kid's really, his friend, who is Z, is really there. Didn't tell dad. So you've got this pretty serious family drama flick going on. And then it gets weirder and weirder. And maybe mom starts seeing Z. And maybe Z really is there. And there are some pretty good jump scares. 
typically I don't really care for movies that are just jump scares because usually that's all there are to the films because it's like, oh, let's throw up this frightening image because we don't know how to build tension. But they do a great job of building the tension and then, ah, there it is. So lots of scary stuff in Z. Uh, if If this was just about an imaginary friend and there was no gore, no horror, no jump scares, nothing at all. It would be an interesting movie just watching how this family deals with this situation about maybe their eight-year-old isn't such a great person after all, or maybe maybe there's some other entity and it really isn't him doing this stuff. Maybe there really is this uh, character, Z. So of the two, Daniel isn't real, totally worth watching. Z is the one that I would definitely watch, though. It reminds me a lot of The Babadook, which came out a few years ago, which is a terrific, horrifying horror movie. And this isn't quite that good, but it definitely has its moments. I really enjoyed Z. Which brings me to my final, yes? I was going to say, if you want a, and if you want a comedy version, you've got Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Or if you want a Star Trek version, there is actually an episode of Next Gen called Imaginary Friend, which... It, it kind of had some creepy jump scare stuff to it. Which is good. It's a very good episode. Both of those, by the way, they're on, they're on Amazon Prime, but you can, I'm sure you can find them all over the place. This next one is on Netflix. Netflix has been knocking it out of the park lately. Uh, and for that matter, so has HBO. I mentioned Lovecraft Country a week ago. Um, I wouldn't say this has dethroned Love, Lovecraft Country. Easy for me to say. But it is really, really good. And it is called Ratched. So this is from the guy who brought you American Horror Story, who also brought you Glee. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> because those go together. Yeah, they totally go together. Aeon Flux and Rugrats. <laughs> there you go, right? So Ratched is the story, is the prequel of Nurse Ratched, as in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The, the true villain of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So this is when she's she's been a nurse for a while. She's at a mental hospital. This is set in 1947. So it takes a pretty dark look at how people were treated in mental hospitals in the 40s. Uh, let's just say not very well. Um, when you, you may have... Most people probably haven't, but if you've heard the term hydrotherapy, you think, oh, okay. So they kind of sit in a bath. It's like, well, actually what they did is they put you in a bath that was like maybe 115, maybe 120 degrees. So you'd be like really, really hot. And then they would stick you in ice water. Now, I know some people do this on their own because they think, oh, this is a cool way. I'm going to go in the super hot sauna and then I'm going to go plunge myself in an ice bath. They're doing that by their choice. Not quite the same as sitting in the hot bath for 20 minutes and then plunging into the ice and doing this repeatedly week after week after week until they cure you of your mental illness, which in this case is lesbianism. So, yeah, there are a lot of there's a lot of social commentary in this. Uh, there's a lot of fun use of this is how we're going to learn how to do a lobotomy and we're not going to do it right the first time. So there's some really really horrific graphic stuff in this. Um, <clears throat> Sarah Paulson, who is basically Ryan Murphy's muse. She's been in all the American uh, horror story films. She plays Ratched. She is beyond excellent. She's just fantastic in this. Um, one, of, one of the fun things about this, 
you know, when movies start, or in this case, a, a series starts, and they'll show you the rating and why it's rated. All right, so this is rated TVMA. Here are the reasons. Violence. <laughs> we're, we're checking off all our boxes. Sex. Okay. Nudity, which kind of works with sex. Language. Okay. Gore. And then here's the big one. Smoking. Sm smoking. That's right. I was guessing. Damn. Yep, yeah. Smoking. So violence, sex, nudity, language, gore, and oh my gosh, they show people smoking cigarettes. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it, there is a lot of gore in, in this. There, uh, there's a fair amount of sex in this too. Um, but most of all, there's a lot of entertainment in this. It's, there are nine episodes so far. I'm four episodes in because I do have a life and I can't just sit here and watch stuff. But such a good show. And critics are wildly, wildly separated on this thing. Some critics absolutely love it. Some critics absolutely hate it. So I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a 50, something like that. And Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, we've talked about that on Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, that doesn't mean it's just okay. It means... 50-odd percent that it was, will recommend it. That's all it means. A, a movie could get 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, and all that means is every critic that saw it thought, okay, you should watch it. They all could just say it's okay. doesn't mean it's a great movie. Typically, right. it might be. But, but man, there are a lot of critics that are just ripping this to shreds, and there are a lot of critics who say this is the best thing on, on streaming right now. Um, I'm definitely leaning more towards that. Uh, it's not the best thing streaming right now. But I think it's pretty darn close. And who knows? Maybe it falls apart after episode four, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, really, really good cast. Uh, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone's in it. Uh, apparently, she's kind of pulling the uh, the role that Jessica Lange pulled in the, the first few seasons of American Horror Story. So really nice twists uh ratchet is a very interesting character she's not just i wouldn't say she's just straight up evil or maybe she is she's extremely manipulative manipulative again easy for me to say which is makes the character really fun to watch so you'll you'll know a lot of the faces that you see in this oh to almost totally forgot to mention uh, the whole thing is basically just a, a love letter to Hitchcock. Uh, there's a lot of twists that you might see in a Hitchcock movie. And basically they took uh, Bernard Herrmann's scores and said, well, let's adapt that. So you'll hear lots of note for note things lifted from Vertigo and from Cape Fear, not a Hitchcock movie, but Bernard Herrmann again. And it totally fits this concept Uh Again, set in the 40s, all these fabulous cars and the outfits, uh, the the fabulous drilling into the side of someone's temple because that's what they were going to do for lobotomy originally. He's like, yeah, that's not so cool. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, this is really horrifying, but it's just absolutely fascinating. And I really liked Daniel Isn't Real. I really, really liked the Z, but this is the favorite thing I've, I watched this week. Really uh -huh. enjoying Ratchet. <clears throat> just just to clarify, because if you haven't caught on to the whole, you know, Peter Chung did Aeon Flux and Rugrats the, and the one you just mentioned, because I forgot the name already, but Ratched and Ratched. and what was the other thing? Glee? Yeah. Yeah. OK, this no, is kind of like sorry. Quentin Tarantino doing Blue's Clues. I mean, it, it, it's that kind <laughs> of. A, yeah. 
kind of a disparage. You, you know, you're not going to picture Steve going, all right, Blue, once upon a time, John Travolta found an EpiPen in his chest. No. <laughs> which, 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 by the way, that, that reboot of Good Times, Seth MacFarlane is uh, heading that up. So it's like, mm, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although Norman Leary is still involved, so okay, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what exactly happens with that. <clears throat> Once upon a time, Jimmy Walker. No, uh, let's get <laughs> on to the the, the big let's. western that we we both watched this week. We did. <clears throat> I watched it because I have been hearing about this movie forever, and quite frankly, once I heard the title "Once Upon a Time in the West." I got that Will Smith song stuck in my head and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> That's the Even problem. Even though that was from Wild Wild West, which was made, what, 30-something years later. Which is a hideous movie. Anyway. It's a, it's a great song, but it's a hideous yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Once Upon a Time in the West. The first 15 <laughs> minutes of this movie. All right. Mm-hmm. First 15 minutes are an experiment in seeing how many annoying sounds we can get to come out of the speakers. Because there's very little dialogue. And damn it, if I lived even within a mile of this squeaky windmill, I would find an oil can and a ladder or an axe, one of the two, just to get rid of it. Because damn, that got old quick. How quick? My daughter came in from another room. And she said, what the hell are you watching? I said, apparently it's an experiment in bad sound effects. She said, well, how long is this movie? I uh-huh. hit the pause button. And it said two hours and 45 minutes. And I thought, haven't I already been watching it for that long? I'm only 15 minutes in, but it feels like 2.45. And it reminded me of something that I'm going to make a few comparisons here that aren't going to make any sense until I explain them. Give me time. It reminded me of a joke from a series that I liked. <clears throat> How many Dragon Ball characters does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is just one, but it's going to take him six episodes to do it. It's <laughs> very true. So how many Once Upon a Time in the West characters does it take to change a light bulb? We don't know. They ain't been invented yet, but we're going to stick around until they are and find out, and we're going to make you watch. That's right. This movie is not just slow. It's stationary. Just about. And I'm sure there's a pun about that in here because apparently it's all about the railroad and how a, <clears throat> how the railroad is coming to this small town. And there's a widow who just became a widow at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and she owns enough land to make her own town, I think. And although I don't think she found that out until the very end of the movie, <clears throat> other people found it out for her. But the bad guys want to take it away from her. And she, 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 by the she sort. See, can't even do that part. She's saved by Cheyenne, who is not a Native American, by the way. And, and Harmonica, who is a nameless guy and knows almost three full notes on the Harmonica. That's where he gets his name from. Uh, played by Charles Bronson. Uh, and I'm in that first 15-minute scene, Harmonica kills three of the five names I knew from the opening credits. Yes. Well, what the hell? Pretty big names. Woody Strode, Jack Elam. Yes. I even like Jack Elam. I was expecting him to have lines. He, I don't think he had any. But anyway. <clears throat> yeah, two words. 
as it turns out, it, you know, the, it wasn't just the first 15 years, <clears throat> sorry, minutes that had the annoying sounds. It was the whole film of just bizarre sounds to come out. I realize we're in the old West where there's horses going by and constant crickets, but geez, there's so many sounds to come out of this movie for, and if it takes the whole three decades, hours, three hours of just constant annoying sounds. Can you tell I didn't like this bit? I don't think you like this. The, uh, the action scenes were good, but it took an age to get to any of them. Um, there's one major scene, right? Where Charles Bronson, who play, you know, harmonica, he's a good guy. He spends a lot of his time saving the life of the bad guy. He does. And we aren't figured out. We, we don't get why, what the hell are you doing that for? He's the bad guy. You shoot him. No, but okay. It, and it turns out that he, it wasn't the bad guys guys who killed him. It was some, someone found the bad guys guys and paid him more than the bad guys. So the bad guys must kill the bad guys and the bad guys must die. And what the hell are you even talking about at this point? I'm not <laughs> sure. Well, I can so, clarify. I can clarify some things for you. You, 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 you can admit it. I am. I am. I'm about there because the climactic scene damn near killed me. Okay, there's a the, the scene is where two characters, and I won't tell you which two, have the traditional old west shootout stare at each other. But they stared at each, and I went back and checked, literally over six minutes of two guys just staring at each other. Now. It, you know, I'm going to go back to Dragon Ball for a minute. When Goku and Vegeta stared off at each other, at least they yelled at each other, had dialogue. They were powering up, so there were special effects. No, none of that. It's just two guys staring at each other with some really horrific music and, guess what? Horrible sounds coming out of your speakers. So, frankly, I, I can't say I liked this movie. I've watched it now, so you don't have to, but I don't know. Maybe... I'm you watched it too. I'm going to ask, did Harmonica have a name and I just missed it? They don't ever disclose his name in the movie, no. Okay. <clears throat> he keeps on t you you do find out who he was at the end of the movie, and I know you know kind you of. find out who he was, but you don't know his name. But right. you find out why he was chasing Frank, who is the bad guy. The bad guy does have a name. Who, played by Henry Fonda, which is and you know he's the bad guy right away, so it's not like a spoiler. No. Um which is pretty interesting because Henry Fonda typically did not play bad guys. He's a very bad guy. He's such a bad guy. He shoots a child. That's how bad he is. You don't really typically see that in movies in the 60s. Not that you see him actually. Or anywhere else for that matter. You don't see the child fall over dead, but it's like, he's <clears throat> over here. He hands the gun. He shoots him. And it's like, okay, cool. Frank's not a good person. Uh, so Frank has been hired by the guy who wants to take over the land that the guy had bought because he knew the train was going to come through someday. So that's how all this all set up. And harmonica is after Frank. We don't know why we find out at the end of the movie, why he was after him. Literally the yeah. end of the movie. Yes. Like in the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, this is Sergio Leone who this, the, the author of the spaghetti Westerns, <clears throat> the good, the bad, the ugly, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. And then the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, a lot of critics say this is 
the greatest Western ever. I mean, flat out, not the greatest spaghetti Western, the greatest Western ever. It's not a spaghetti Western. It's lasagna Western because the noodles are big and chunky and bloated. I tend to not agree with them. Uh, it's not Sergio Leone's best <laughs> film. I think it's actually out of those three movies I mentioned, to me, this one comes in fourth. And and I know for a fact a lot of people say, no, you're crazy. This is the best. It's It's definitely a minimalist film because, again, like you said, there's hardly any dialogue, even though... <clears throat> even though Ennio Morricone did the soundtrack, not a lot of music. Uh, and it, it's all deliberately. That's why it's so slow because he's just kind of stretching the feeling of it. He's making it big and grand and, and epic. And to me, I don't particularly care for it. And you and I go back and forth on movies that are slower paced. Typically I like movies that are slower paced. This one is just too slow even for me. Uh, the action scenes, when they're there, are great, but I'm not a fan of waiting for the 35 minutes for them yeah, to get to that. six months in between action scenes. Yeah. One thing I thought just about, one thing I thought was really interesting is Claudia Cardinale, who plays the widow, uh, she got top billing, which is pretty weird to get top billing over Henry Fonda and Jason Robards Jr. Uh, I'll agree. 68, not that weird she got billing over Charles Bronson, but over Henry Fonda? Really? It's like, that's a heck of a deal you signed for that. Um, and she's, she's cute, but not that cute. She's probably the only woman I can recall in a Sergio Leone movie, movie that has more than, uh, more than, I don't know, maybe five minutes of screen time, <laughs> which, or more than three lines. Didn't have a lot of women in his Westerns, that's for sure. And I don't think it was... I think it was his choice. Just he was going to focus on the men who were going to kill each other. So I don't think it was some kind of a sexist thing, but it's just interesting. It's Mulan that, syndrome. Yeah, that she's in it and she's got top billing. So yeah, it is definitely slow paced. I think you could chop an hour out of it easily. Uh, it would still be an hour and 45 minutes long if you took an hour out of it. It's a long movie. Um and I do think it's unnecessarily long. I, I, I appreciate what he was doing with it, but I think he'd already done that with the good, the mad, the ugly. I, I, I think he went too far with, with this. Um, if you like slow paced films, if you like movies that look this cool, counts. yeah, this counts, then you should watch it. If however, your idea of a great movie is not one where there's a face off, like you said, and nothing is said and you're just, and the face-off is cool, you know, it's all in the eyes, and then he finally finds I mean, like Frank finally finds it, out, but it, it's so long. If you make it a minute, yeah, fine. But over six. Well, the opening scene, you're 11 minutes in, and they're still rolling the credits every once in a while. They're putting up a credit title during this extremely long setup for the gunfight, which happens, which is a cool gunfight, but the gunfight itself takes what seven seconds maybe well there's a total of four shots yeah so i mean it's, it's like fast and it's done <laughs> so it's one long slow burn and i like it um but i could recommend probably literally probably 50 westerns before i would recommend this one so not one of my favorites by by any means and rob no would just assume you like well, he doesn't want you to drink poison instead of this, but it might have the same effect. It would take less time. 
Um, <laughs> it would take less time. <laughs> it's 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 not a horrible movie, but my god, it's slow. And this is yeah. coming from a guy who watched who who just recently finished watching Dragon Ball again. <laughs> and yeah, that series can drag itself out, but at least it's you know doing something while it's dragging itself out. Um, I, I'll compare it to the 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 Fellowship of the Ring, right? Yeah. Where it, it that too is a two hour and 45 minute movie. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's taking as long because you see people doing things and there's dialogue, even if it's meaningless dialogue. Well, not until they get to the endings that never end. That was the true never ending story. That that did actually bother me about Return of the King. Yeah. Where you go, oh, it's over. We can because I, I saw it in a theater. yeah and i'm like oh it faded to black i'll get my coat oh wait it's coming back it faded to black i'll get my coat oh no it's back but up until then great three or four of those you're kind of going just screw it i'll wait for the lights to come up one of those things but uh so you know we had some good stuff to watch this week i'm not sure that was one of them (laughs) no i am not doing wild wild west next week I don't know what I'm doing next week. I will do something else next week. But it's probably going to be something, as you can tell, probably from the show, my voice is not what it used to be. No, I don't have COVID. It's allergies. That's all it is. All it is. But at the same time, I'm going to stay home and watch a movie. And you know what? I'm going to recommend the same to you. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Holy crimson skies of death!